Welcome back to Marathon Swim Stories. It's me, Shannon Keegan. I met Belle Ship on a boat in the middle of a lake somewhere north of the Canadian border. I can still remember the sun trying to warm us despite the brisk fall morning air and the surprising calm on the water. The pontoon boat was nearly swamped as we were way over capacity, full of cold and tired swimmers and kayakers who'd been brutally beaten by the wind and waves all night long. None of us were making it to the north tip of Lake Mipfermagog this day, though many of us would go back to complete it. I'll let Bill tell the rest of the story, as well as how to keep your cool during a marathon swim despite seeing your pilot under the hood of the boat as it's sinking. It's a good one. Enjoy. Awesome. Well, thank you for being our guest today, Bill. And welcome, everybody, to Marathon Swim Stories. We have something I haven't seen in a while. Um, we usually just open it up. I give you the big, wide, open-ended question. Bill, tell us your story. First of all, thanks, Shannon, for having me on. <laughs> and uh, thank you all, especially the ones who are up super early. I'll try not to uh, put you back to sleep. <laughs> I, I guess my story is I'm just a guy who likes to swim. Uh, I was born in Washington, D.C. I've pretty much grown up and stayed in this area my whole life. I live in Maryland now. I uh, lived in Virginia, D.C. and Maryland. Went to college and law school in, in uh, D.C. and uh, swam all the way through that experience. So it's kind of who I am. <laughs> Just born and bred swimmer. When did you start pushing uh, distance? Well, I started, you know, the whole age group thing and swam through high school and college and um, was really just a pool swimmer. Um, enjoyed it quite a bit. I liked racing. Uh, got back into master swimming uh, probably for the second time in my 40s um, after my kids were a little bit older. And I was still a, a um, pool swimmer mostly. But there were a couple in our group that were um, swimming the Chesapeake Bay swim. And uh, there's a group called Arundel Breakfast Club, ABC Swimming. And somehow I got dragged into <laughs> joining them for some swims and started out with the Chesapeake Bay Swim. And it kind of uh, grew from there. <laughs> That's I've heard it commonly. The uh, I fell in with a bad crowd is usually what people yeah. say. <laughs> That's how they started marathon swimming. <laughs> yeah, the, the people who've been doing it uh, are kind of infectious in terms of you start hanging around with them and, and all of us catch the bug, it seems like. Yeah, 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 yeah the catching the bug. That's a common phrase, too. Um, why do you think you keep doing marathons? <laughs> well, I started, um, you know, really my gateway drug was... Um, the kingdom swims you know about that shannon yeah um, totally not. i did the, the bay swim four or five times before i decided to branch up to uh, uh, what at that time was a, a big distance for me was the 10 mile swim up in vermont which i i was somebody said well i'm gonna go try this swim i said well maybe i'll go with you it, uh glenn mills who's a great swimmer and coach um I went along with him and, and we did the 10 mile that year. Um, and it, there was just something about it, swimming outside in a beautiful lake, um, great surroundings, good people who weren't all um, 
intensely hyper about their next event. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, pool racing is, is kind of intense. And, and if you're into that, it's great. But being around a supportive group that uh, is just trying to accomplish their own goals and support each other is really kind of special. Um, but then from the 10 mile, I just kind of worked my way up incrementally. Um, and each time, um, the challenge of a bigger swim just draws you in. Um, so that's how I got into longer swims. I'd say marathon swims, but some of the people on this call uh, have done much more uh, longer, greater swims. But um, getting into that, the high of a, of a long distance swim that is a challenge, um, you kind of know you can do it, but you don't know you can do it. Um, and pushing yourself is really what brings me back. Mm -hmm. How do you describe that feeling of completing a marathon swim? Well, usually when I finish, I pretty much uh, put everything I have into getting through the swim. Seems like no matter what the distance is, by the time I finish, um, dragging myself out of the water is, is just that dragging. Um, but there is a high once you get onto the beach or through the chute, if it's a race, um, a great sense of accomplishment. Um, you've worked hard for sometimes months and years uh, to get there. And uh, it's really a, a sense of appreciation because um, you're pleased with what you've been able to accomplish, but you really didn't do it alone. You had a whole team of support that helped to get you where you are. And at that moment when you finish, um, it's great, you know, having your crew run over and greet you when you climb back in the boat or uh, being on the beach and having your kayaker ran up and, and wrap a blanket around you or something. It's really a great sense of community and, and accomplishment. Yeah, yeah, well said. Um, can you tell us about the swim you're most proud of? Well, I guess I have to say that the English Channel to begin with, that it's just such a, a storied and, and revered swim that um, that became the goal once I started getting into longer and longer swims. Um, but probably the swim I'm most proud of completing is the swim across the sound, uh, because that was a, uh, a very trying, difficult swim for me. Um, we had some mechanical problems with the boat, which created challenges. Um, even with that, I thought I was chugging along. And um, when I finally finished, uh, it seemed like I was hours behind everybody else. <laughs> there was nobody there except the crowd stuck around. There's an amazing crowd there. Liz is on this call. She's one of the organizers and safety directors. Um, I wouldn't have finished if she hadn't let me finish. <laughs> the cutoff but because of our boat problems um, she let me make my way in um, and it, I think we had three or four boat changes um, wow. and, and what that just shows you is that you have to be prepared for whatever happens and you can't let it get to you although there were a couple times where I, I may have said a couple expletives <laughs> but, um, you got to get your head back in the game and just keep going. And somehow through all that, I managed to finish. And that was the swim. I think I, I remember getting out and Liz came running down the dock to greet me because uh, 
you know, she had stuck it out with me for so long. And uh, I said, am I ready? And she said, yes. And that's when I decided to sign up for the English channel. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, that does a, that does a number on you if you have to turn your, the boats are turning over. I mean, it's hard enough just to get through your mental. Coming <laughs> along and breathing, you know, every other stroke or so, you, you get a glimpse of what's going on in the boat. And the captain was, it was a smaller boat because it's not like the channel. It's not a big fishing boat, but the back seat was up, which I knew was where the engine was. And, he's <laughs> <laughs> and, and finally, my uh, crew person, Lalani, said, uh, okay, here's what's going to happen. The, the boat is sinking. Don't worry. <laughs> we're going to get another boat. And, they, and we're going to come back for you. And they did. And, and Liz kept an eye on me. And it was just, you know. It was an experience and, and it's one that I'll never forget. And I mean that in a positive way. It's great stories and, and great time. And um, I should say that, that Liz runs a great event, very safe, very organized. So, <laughs> not complaining. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, is there anything you haven't finished? Yeah, you know that. <laughs> <laughs> you and I spent some time on a boat, the, the very first, um, I guess, reincarnation of the Memphrey swim. Mm -hmm. um, Bill White um, pulled a group together. Um, and it was, a, it was an interesting year for me because um, 2010, I was uh, diagnosed with cancer and had a... Um, surgery in the beginning of 2011 and I knew that my swim pool season was over but I was shooting for the bay swim and the 10 miler in mm -hmm. Vermont and I said Phil I I don't know what I'm going to be able to do uh, but I'd like to do the 10 mile and he said I'll keep a slot for you and he did um, so I swam that 10 miler and um, finished and thought I was done like I accomplished everything I wanted to accomplish in my recovery period a couple of weeks later, I get this call from Phil saying, uh, I'm getting a couple group of people together to swim the length of the lake. Do you want in? I said, when? He said, oh, next month. I said, okay. Um, and we went in September uh, 2011. And um, it was a terrible night. It was pitch black. It was raining. It was cold. Um, we had dinner early. I said, I'm going to do whatever Liz does. <laughs> we ordered the roasted chicken. I, I ordered exactly what Liz ate because she knows what she's doing. Within a mile, I was barfing up <laughs> chicken. Well, we had like and, one uh, mile away, or uh, we had like one foot. I don't know. We had some huge waves. It was crazy. Oh, it, was, it was crazy. It was insane. And um, it was really my first marathon swim. And I got out at like eight miles. It was just my kayaker couldn't keep up with us because of the wind. And it was just a mess. And, and uh, afterwards, Phil said, yeah, I had no business asking you to do that. <laughs> <laughs> One of the stories he tells about it is he was about a couple miles out. And he said to Christian on the boat, his, his um, helper, just shoot me now because I don't want to watch these swimmers die. One <laughs> It was so crazy, but Liz finished and Elaine finished and Greg finished and Charlotte. Charlotte, yeah. Um, what did, did you learn anything from that? 
<laughs> yeah, I learned to prepare better. <laughs> yeah. And then I learned a little bit about um, expecting the unexpected. Um, I think that probably helped me a lot for the English Channel that um, no matter what was going to happen, you just have to roll with it. Like I said to Liz, like, did you, how did that chicken go? She said, oh yeah, I threw that up. I just kept going. <laughs> I had to learn how to, to just roll with it. You just got to go with it. Trust yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Takes a, takes having the experience some time to, to know though that you can handle that, right? <laughs> I think, I think failures help you more than the successes sometimes. That's why we ask this question. <laughs> um, let's see. Where is your favorite place to swim? Well, I, I love swimming around Annapolis. We swim in uh, two or three of the rivers, um, and we swim out in the bay. Um, it allows us to extend our season quite a bit, um, stay out of the pool as long as we can. It's been a bad year for nettles, but we still love it. Um, so that's my home base, and I love swimming there. Awesome. Um, what's training been like for you, and has it changed over, over your decade of marathon swimming? Oh, over my decade. <laughs> <laughs> well, the marathon swimming part. I don't know. Yeah, you I, well, you know what? When I started out swimming, I had this uh, thought that, you know, all these people who do these marathon swims are largely open water swimmers and training for open water. And I was going to be the guy that still could go, you know, 150 in the 200 free and, and kill the 100 free, but then also swim 20 miles. And, <laughs> It kind of worked for a little bit, um, but as I got more and more into the marathon swimming and less into the pool swimming, I found out I'd lost the fast twitch and had to learn about my forever stroke so that I could just keep going. And those things are a little bit incompatible. Uh, um, I do some meets every once in a while and I'm amazed at how difficult it is. <laughs> People are like, Oh, you should do the 500 in a mile. That's like a sprint for you. But I'm like, I can't sprint. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Don't sprint. But um, so I, I, you know, we swim um, five to seven times a week. We have swims available. And I probably swim five times a week. Uh, and I've been pretty consistent with that um, from when I really started training for open water uh, to now. Uh, we had a little blip with the pandemic but um, we're back in and swimming regularly um, I'm not swimming as much right now as I was before uh, training time has been difficult to find but um, still staying in touch with the water and I think that's probably the most important thing for people who are trying to get through the, the time and, and uh, keep their contact with the water just just swim what you can don't worry necessarily unless you're training for a big event how much distance you're getting just get in the water and do it and stay in touch with it yeah touch the water that's i like to say <laughs> yeah. um how's the pandemic been for you well the first part you know i was all prepared to um, hunker down for two weeks of you know tough isolation now what are we five six, six, six months, six months. <laughs> and um 
You know, so at first it was hard because the pool shut down. And this is a story you all know. Um, it was still a little cold for us to be outside. Um, we did go out sooner than we probably would have. We're not Caroline. We, we need a little warmth in the water. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> we did get out there and we've been out training outside um, regularly. The pools are now open, but you have to reserve time and it's difficult to get slots. And so we're outside as much as we can. Um, and in some ways that's been the lifesaver because you know, some people love working at home and, and handle being alone just fine. Um, I don't, I don't like, I don't mind working at home. I don't like doing it all the time. I miss the interaction with my office and the colleagues that I work with and, you know, swimming in the pool with our team. Um, I miss all that. Uh, so being able to get back into the rivers with some distancing and, and still see your friends and, um, do some good swimming has really been not just good physical fitness, but, but mentally really important. Mm -hmm. Have you found any um, knowledge or carryovers from marathon swimming to help you get through some of the tough times of the pandemic? <laughs> yeah. I've heard people talk about that, that, you know, that you trained marathon athletes, swimming, running, whatever, triathlon. You're used to, you know, pacing yourself and sticking it out for the long run. <laughs> I guess that's the stock answer, but I don't know. I mean, you just, uh, in some respects, I take it day to day and try not to overreact to um, the weight of it. Uh, you have good days and bad days, I think. Some days it really gets to me. Um, and I think that is a little bit like marathon swimming. Um, mm -hmm. Sometime during that swim, you're going to have a really bad moment and a mm -hmm. bad period, but I think, you know, you're going to get through it and you just keep going. And I think that's kind of the way I approach this pandemic thing is that we just got to stick with it and be smart and um, don't get complacent and, and just kind of, we're going to come out the other end. <laughs> we hope so. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think you pretty much answered that question about how to get through hard things. <laughs> Just keep going. <laughs> well, as far as swimming goes, one of the things that, that I do in my marathon swims to help me get through the... Hold on, Bill. We're getting some weird feedback. Better now? Yes, better now. Thank okay. you. I do affirmations that, um, just to support people. And I, I started this after my own bout with cancer. And so as I was preparing for the channel, I kept track of friends and family who were going through cancer or other health issues. And I would just, during the swim, repeat in cadence with my swim. I see Donna healthy, happy, and whole. And I see... Um, Doug recovered and cancer free and you just do that with the rhythm of your stroke um, from one feed to another you know half hour 45 minutes of just repeating that over and over and I had this grand scheme of, of, of um, you know I was putting this out to the universe and it was helping these people but really it was helping me yeah yeah it took my mind off the fact that 
I was still 15 miles from finish. <sighs> you know, you just get to the next feed. And, and that's really my mantra of, of long swimming. Don't think about the finish, just get to the next feed um, mm-hmm. and see your, your crew people and smile a little bit and uh, keep going. Did you, um, that's a really awesome um, intention. I really love that. Did you like have, did you have your, like your crew help kind of prompt with names of people to think of, or did you just have all these people, like you backlog people in your brain? Yeah. I don't think at least the first couple of times, I don't think they even knew. Mm -hmm. Had it in my head of people and um, you know, you got a lot of time to think. You do. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Who you wanted to think about and you think about uh, other people that you hadn't thought about. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what I do. I know some people sing songs over and over. And I've got um, no capacity for that myself. But <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not big on joke telling at feeds and, and banter. I kind of do my feed and grunt. <laughs> uh, but while I'm swimming, I'm thinking about a lot of different stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What motivates you to keep going? And uh, to keep doing swims, you mean? You interpret it. <laughs> what motivates you to keep going? Well, day during day. a swim, what motivates me is to finish. I, yeah. I, I wholly believe in safety. I don't think I'm reckless. Um, I, I wouldn't um, argue with a boat captain or crew but I'm not getting in the boat. <laughs> now, of course, if they tell me it's time, it's going to be time. But in my own mind, I'm not getting in the boat. And um, so what motivates me is finishing. Uh, as far as additional swims, um, there's just so many. And, and I, it just seems like in the last year or two, people were thinking up these incredible swims, you know, it used to be kind of a handful of the big swims that everybody did. And mm-hmm. now everybody's doing just really interesting, great things. And, and I think my focus is, is more on kind of destination swims, swims that interest me as opposed mm-hmm. to, um, you know, checking off the box of things I have to do. Um, so I look for places that I think would be really cool to swim. Mm-hmm. What's been a favorite swim memory? I had a blast in Gibraltar. Did you? I was hoping you would tell us about Gibraltar. <laughs> uh, Jim Clifford and I went to Gibraltar. Um, it almost didn't happen because like two months before the swim, <laughs> you went underwater again, Bill. We've lost your audio. Sorry. That's okay. <laughs> That's better. Oh, nope. Sure. Yeah. Shut down the international waters. So about two weeks before the swim, we got a call saying, he's moved the boat. You can still come. We canceled our, our lodging, canceled our airfare. We had two other guys that were going with us. Um, Jim and I were talking and we just said, hell, let's just do this thing. And so we put it all back together and we went there and we had a blast. It is 
for me, the funnest swim. I think it can be a difficult swim if you get bad conditions, but um, Tarifa is a great town, great place to hang out and eat and drink good wine. Um, the, the swim association does a good job. Um, and uh, swimming from one continent to another is a pretty cool thing. Uh, even though it's, it's on the scale of marathon swims, it's relatively short, so it doesn't kill you. Um, <laughs> and it, Jim and I just had a blast. We had so much fun. And that was my favorite swim. Awesome. How do you think um, we can be in, more inclusive in marathon swimming? Yeah, I, you know, I don't think that's really a problem. I, I mean, I see marathon swimming growing by meets and bounds, leaps and bounds. Um, you know, I, I guess we could probably do a better job as I look at this screen. Uh, I think competition swimming has done a better job of including minorities and, and um, other folks, disadvantaged folks in the sport. Um, you know, I think Phil White does a great job of encouraging uh, folks with disabilities to swim some of his swims. He's had some great athletes who um, had some physical challenges do those swims. But we could probably work on reaching out to the African-American community uh, a little better. Um, it'd be nice to see a little more diversity in the sport. Um, I, I wish... I really, there's so many um, like sports documentary stories that go on in cable and you hear about how they have to fill content. I just wish we could find a way to have them focus on some of the great swims people were doing. Um, you know, I think it's a crime that Sarah Thomas hasn't gotten more coverage than she did. Um, and, you know, Liz and Caroline have done some great swims. I think if we could just crack into that, people, the stories involved with doing marathon swimming are amazing. And I think they'd make great uh, television <laughs> to follow. Um, and we, we probably need to get more guys to get serious about it because the women are just kicking their asshole. <laughs> As it should be. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think that's a little bit of what's behind Marathon Swim Stories for me is like really wanting to like, because I think that there's this, when you tell people about some big swim that you do, people are like, like, how did, how, what did you do that for? How did you do that? Or that seems impossible to them. But I want people to know that Marathon Swimmers can be from anywhere. They can be competitive swimmers, but there's people that come in later in life. And I just love, I'm trying to highlight that, I guess. That's kind of why I don't start with people's um you know, like the resume of swims, <laughs> because I don't want it. I want it to be unintimidating to like the average person. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the great things about open water swimming and marathon. Mm -hmm. You don't have to be the fast person. Uh, you don't have to be the slow person. You don't have to be a lifetime swimmer. Yeah. Um, you know, there's different things you got to look out for. If you're a fast swimmer and kind of a speedy out of the gate, that's kind of my MO. You got to be um, wary of the fact that you're probably going to burn out <laughs> yeah. if you go out like a bat out of hell. Uh, yeah. But if you're a slower swimmer, it's not a bad thing. It just means you got to be aware of certain swims that are tide dependent. Um, 
and, and figure that out. You know, a, a swim like Chesapeake Bay swim is just a short little 4.4 mile swim. But if you don't have the wherewithal to get past certain checkpoints, uh, which are set based upon what's going to happen with the tide, um, you're going to have an issue. Uh, but that doesn't mean that people of all different speeds don't do that swim because they do. Mm -hmm. Same thing with Boston Light. If you don't get to a certain point, there's a cutoff and you're going to get pulled. Um, but you just have to plan for it. And, and I think that's ultimately what's really good about open water swim. First of all, there's not a lot of equipment requirements. Um, so it's not that expensive to start doing it. And people of all experiences and speeds can do just fine. Mm -hmm. Yep, exactly. What advice would you give to an aspiring marathon swimmer? Uh, first of all, just swim. Um, you know, if, if you're if you're looking to to ramp up to bigger swims, you got to look at what you're doing now and and in a strategic way increase increase your um, your distance and, and maybe your your intensity. Um, I don't think you need to go crazy and all of a sudden say, I'm going to swim seven days a week for four hours a day. Um, cause you'll probably get sick of it and, and quit. Um, but, um, swim all the time, listen to people you can find who've done this, uh, find a good mentor, uh, swim with a group. Don't just swim alone cause the group's going to push you. Um, Think about feeding and how to get through a swim, eating uh, junk you would never want to eat. On the <laughs> That's a good way to put it. <laughs> and, um, and get your head straight about uh, what your expectations are and whether they're realistic and how you work up to it. I mean, I spent, I don't know, Liz, two, two plus years planning to, to build my base to do the channel. And because I respected that swim so much and I didn't want to go over there and fail. So, um, you know, you, you just find swims. The good thing is there's so many swims around and find swims that will help you build from 4.4 to 10 to 17 to 25 and, and then keep going. Yeah, I like the the Mark Spratt method of just his events are his training, <laughs> but it's fun to do it that way. <laughs> well, I, th I think that if you have one or two major swims on the calendar, that what you fill in with other events are training for that swim. For me, you know, like the Kingdom fifteen was my last tune-up for the channel. Mm -hmm. That kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, I, that's yep, that's what I recommend to my when I'm coaching people. Um, Diane asked, "How often do you feed, and on what?" Yeah, I'm a um, thirty minute to forty five minute um, feed person. Uh, I can't see going for me going beyond forty five minutes. I might go an hour out the first time, mm -hmm. and then every forty five minutes. Um, I've switched around on feed. I do Carbo Pro for a while uh, with some electrolyte. Um, I've done infinite nutrition 
Uh, I tried UCAN. I didn't really catch on to that. Um, so I'd, I'd probably say I'm more often than not Carbo Pro with, <laughs> with a little bit of um, electrolyte every while I use. I have other things. Uh, I think I survived the last half of uh, Manhattan on Coca-Cola. Mm. <laughs> nice. Then I came out of the Harlem and it was hot and hot moving and brown. And I, I just, I was ill. And um, the only thing that could settle me down and help me keep going was Coke. So I don't think I drank any of my feed except for Coke. In all Interesting. way. I usually have some peppermint tea, hot mm-hmm. tea ready and I feed every once in a while on solids, either a little peanut butter crackers, really small. So you don't have to chew them too much. And I love having um, fresh blueberries because you can just pop them in your mouth and they're easy to chew. And if you swallow one whole, it's not going to kill you. Yeah. That, those are good recommendations. Charlotte surprised me last year when I did Memphrey with uh, grapes and it was like the best thing in the world in the middle of the lake to eat grapes. They're such refreshing. Frozen grapes. Mm, that sounds good. Yeah. The Coke is a good trick too. I, I always forget that one, but it, at least I hear tell of it being a really um, great way to get people through. <clears throat> uh, what marathon swimmer has inspired you? Well, I've had two mentors along the way that uh, really helped me a lot. Uh, one is Liz. Uh, she actually was with our Annapolis group um, just as I was joining. She was moving away. And um, she's helped me not just during swims, but preparing for swims. Um, and then, of course, her achievements have been great. And Elaine Howley um, has helped me. Uh, she's crewed for me several times, and she's also been a great sounding board on nutrition and other stuff, just talking about stuff with swims. Um, and uh, Sarah Thomas, um, I had a, a great opportunity to meet Sarah initially when Phil called me up, another Vermont story, and said, <laughs> I got this woman wants to do the double memphrey i think she can actually do it <laughs> and she's got the stuff would you crew for her <laughs> so i just drove up um first time i met her and ryan was on the dock uh, the day before looking at the boat and um ryan and i sat in one of those little metal boats for 30 hours uh, <laughs> peeing in a bottle and <laughs> i was feeding Sarah, and then I was uh, slipping uh, Ryan Vicodin uh, because he had thrown his back out uh, oh, no. with a chainsaw cutting up wood in their yard like three days before the swim. I didn't know if she's to make the trip. So, uh, and she's just she's just amazing. Um, she just cranks it out, doesn't get mad, just keeps swimming. Um, I think that's like a lot of people, but I've just really enjoyed um, knowing Sarah and forever thankful to Liz and, and <laughs> for everything they've done to help me um, learn the sport. Yeah, that's awesome. Any other swim stories? I feel like you're hiding lots of secret swim stories ah. there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I was just thinking that, that Tahoe was a particularly miserable swim. 
And that's another one about learning how to prepare because I think the altitude really got to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you, people said either you got to get there like a week or more in advance to, to acclimate. Um, and I didn't have that kind of time from work. <laughs> and, and they said, or you just have to get in and get out. So I flew in like a, a day before, or two days before. And um, it was a beautiful night. The water was nice. Uh, but somewhere about four miles in, I just started getting sick. And I was sick to my stomach for the rest of the way. Um, mm. And could not, could not stop. You know, Sarah, Sarah was my crew. And she kept trying different things for feed to to get me something, um, but I couldn't keep anything down. And I just kept swimming um, at one point. And, you know, we all know like the, the cardinal rule is never ask how much further. Right, Because <laughs> <laughs> your crew's not gonna tell you. <laughs> and, and what a lie. <laughs> still dark. And said, Sarah, I just have to ask how much further. Because <laughs> I don't know. And she said, not far. <laughs> It'll be light in about an hour and you'll be fine. Um, and that's what I needed. Um, and, and I remember during that time that, that Liz has always said, look, you know, you got to train and, and get used to your feeds, but if you can't eat for eight or 10 hours, is it really going to kill you? <laughs> you know? And so the fact that I wasn't able to feed, um, just, you know, it was miserable, but it was fine. And, I wasn't getting in the boat and I finished. <laughs> That's good. Just... Well, let me, let me change it. Sarah was not letting me back. <laughs> <laughs> Would you have gotten in if it wasn't for Sarah? <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. I actually might have. Yeah. She said afterwards that she really was struggling with it because she was trying to make sure I was safe. Right. Um, but she didn't want to give up. So she didn't yeah. let me give up. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, I think crewing is harder than swimming. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Because you're watching your friend go through some pretty miserable stuff. Yeah. And uh, I've had to pull somebody um, like two miles from the end of of Memphis. You know, and if she had just gotten around this point, she would have seen. Make up, right? And and once you see the end, it, it usually helps a lot, right? Oh yeah. But she was delirious. She she wasn't responding. Mm. And I started crying, and she started <laughs> crying. <laughs> but we got yeah. You know, she got out, and she said it was the right thing. Uh, but it's the hardest thing to watch your friend go through that, but then also tell him it's time to get out. Yeah, yeah, that's really tough. Yeah. Because you know that it's been seven, eight months of dream and you're the one telling them they're not going to finish their dream. <laughs> yeah. It's hard. It's really hard. Uh, but you're responsible for their safety as crew. Yeah. So you got to do what you got to do. Very cool. Thank you for sharing your story with us today, Bill. It was a really pleasure to have you. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you, everybody. <laughs> All right, you guys. Yes, keep swimming. We'll see you next week. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye. 
Are you ready to swim smarter? Check out my virtual Efficient Swimming Basics program at intrepidwater.com. I hope you enjoyed today's interview. If you'd like to be a guest on Marathon Swim Stories, just email me, shannon at intrepidwater.com. Please stay in touch by joining our email list at intrepidwater.com. Thanks for listening.